Planet Japan, episode 16, for September 21st, 2005. Zippy the Pinhead at the Watermelon Bus Stop. On today's show, you'll find out why a cute little panda bear was sent packing back to Mexico, and why it's a bad idea to run over children with your pickup truck. And, of course, the Planet Japan dancers will get your toes to tappin'. All that and much more on Planet Japan. Stay tuned. Get ready. ready, ready. Get your seatbelts fastened. You're about about ready ready to land land on the Planet Planet Japan Japan. with Amy and Doug. So, you want to hear a joke? Sure. What do you get when a lawnmower runs over a parakeet? Hmm. I don't know what. Shredded tweet. <laughs> As opposed to shredded wheat. It's a breakfast cereal joke. <laughs> you don't you don't hear a lot What's of those. What's breakfast cereal? Yeah, you know that's one of the first things I noticed when I came to Japan. They're not big breakfast cereal eaters here. No, I had forgotten there was such a thing as breakfast cereal. Yeah, it's kind of depressing because when you're at home, you got like a thousand different choices of breakfast cereals. When you go to the supermarket here, you have about three. Cornflakes and frosted cornflakes. Corn yeah, yeah, everything is called cornflakes. No matter what's in it, it's always cornflakes. So even if you're drink drinking, <laughs> even if you're eating <laughs> shredded tweet, yeah, it's still cornflakes. Exactly. Yeah, everything uh, is cornflakes. It's just another word for cereal. I like granola. Oh, I do too. And there are a couple places where you can find good granola and some good cereal, but you just don't have the choices. Yeah, that you do at home. Still foreign, foreign yeah. food stores. People eat rice and salad and fish for breakfast. Yes, isn't that amazing? It's mm. interesting. As for myself, being a cow and all, mm-hmm. I my favorite cereal is muesli. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you must be Amy Chavez. <laughs> and you must be Doug DeLong. Indeed, I am, and we are back again for episode 16 of the Planet Japan. Okay, another great, exciting adventure awaits you all (laughs) and out there in listener land. Hey, speaking of listener land, we've got some email. Yes, we always get email because people love us. Well, people are just really nice. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we got one email from Singapore from an Indonesian guy in Singapore who listens Mm -hmm. to our show. Thank you very much. And his name is Iwan Tamami. And I have a message for him. Hello, Iwan. Terima kasih banyak dengar Planet Japan. Dari mana di Indonesia? Saya senang tahu ada orang Indonesia Indonesia dengar Planet Japan. Saya suka nomor Iwan. Karena saya suka Iwan Falls. Anda juga suka Iwan Falls? Saya lihat Iwan Falls di Jakarta sembilan bulan yang lalu. Ya, Iwan. Terima kasih banyak ya. Saya cinta kamu. So I'm pretty sure that wasn't English. And I, don't I just think hope no one else can understand it. <laughs> oh, it was that bad, huh? No, it's uh, what just kind a, of secret know, some message. secret things uh-huh. between Elon and I. I see. Yeah. Okay. So you speak Indonesian, Japanese, English, anything else? Spanish. And Spanish. Mm-hmm. You are a cunning linguist. No, no, no. Indeed. Okay. Well, I, hope, uh, I hope he appreciates that very personal oh, well, we'll reply find out. to his email. Yeah. 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 I got an email. Okay. Really? Yeah. From where? From uh, somebody in Montreal mm. who is uh, thinking uh, seriously about moving to Okayama because he wants to be near Shiraishijima. <laughs> yeah. He wants to he wants to to become a part of the whole atmosphere. Okayama yes, atmosphere. The whole Mu Bar 
uh, culture, as it were. Well, he didn't really say the Mubar. He just said Shiraishi Island, right? Well, Shiraishi Jima is the Mubar. This is true. Really, when you get down to it. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, he's going to move here with his girlfriend, and he's wondering about the business climate in Okayama. Oh, right. Hmm. How is it? Hmm. Well, I don't know. I don't really pay a lot of attention. I pay attention to my business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, the cow business and the is cow pretty bu- good. Yeah, the cow business is good. Yeah. The English school business is pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what, you know, what business he's interested in exactly, but um, there are opportunities for people who want to come here and do creative things, and so he should go for it. Yeah, and leave it to a guy, Gene, to find out those opportunities. Like, uh, did you hear about that guy offering cut-rate funerals? Uh, yes, I did. The guy from the U.S. who has the temerity to come here and offer really, really cheap funerals. <laughs> For those relatives that you really That uh, you really aren't fond of. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. So traditionally, a Japanese funeral is going to run the family about $30,000. Wow, it's expensive to die, eh? Which is, coincidentally, <laughs> the yeah. same amount that it costs to get married in <laughs> Japan. <laughs> mm. What does that tell you? Wow. Yeah, which one is the more... Which I've always wondered which is the sadder event, the wedding or the funeral? <laughs> <laughs> Depi- depends entirely yeah. on the individual. Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, in any event, um, in a Japanese funeral, you don't really have any options. Uh, it's all kind of a big set course, and you pay the $30,000. It's a package deal. Yeah, it's a Buddhist wedding. It's very nice and everything, but it's expensive. So a wedding or a funeral? Funeral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this guy comes from the U.S. a couple of years ago, and he starts uh, a branch of his Colorado company, mm-hmm. and he uh, offers funerals that start as low as tw- uh, $2,300. Wow. Uh, that's to, really cheap. Compared to 30000 that's a pretty good deal. I could even afford to die for that price. Sure. Anybody could. Huh. Yeah. But he's also offering a la carte options. That's the important part. You can have a little lasagna on the <laughs> side. <or laughs> <laughs> hey, well, there's this guy who m- who's making pendants out of the ashes of family members. Oh, I heard about that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if you can re- wear a grandma around the neck, then, Yeah, this you guy know. was, was mm. taking ashes after they were cremated and putting them into a, some kind of a pendant that you could then wear around your neck. Yeah. Grandma around your neck. Yeah. That's an interesting idea, but I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> she might, mine might strangle me if I <laughs> gave her the chance. Oh, there, there's a movie in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's an idea for a movie. Yeah. So yeah. getting back to what you were saying about these uh, the a, la a la carte, carte options. Yeah. Right. So, uh, you know, there are a lot of different options. When you have a funeral, you can, you can choose a lot of different uh, things you want or either don't want, and then mm-hmm. the, it's priced accordingly. Mm-hmm. With all these options for funerals, it kind of makes you want to... Go out and kill someone, eh? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself there. <laughs> it's just a joke. Oh, I see. Okay. Come on. But um, one of the interesting things about this is that a lot of people think this business is doomed to failure because they don't think the Japanese mindset allows them to skimp on such an important event. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's true, generally speaking? Generally speaking, yes. However, uh, Japanese people in the core are no different than other people. And I'm sure that those very unpopular relatives, they certainly wouldn't mind uh, you know, saving some bucks on those. Mm. Yeah, yeah $30,000, mm. that's a lot of money. You know, it occurs to me, though, that if you got married one week and got hit by a bus the next week, that's <laughs> 60000 bucks right there. In one week. Yeah. And uh, what do you have to show for it? Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have a TV alert for all of our friends in Japan. All right. The Desperate Housewives are coming. In public? (laughs) (laughs) 
to Japan. And who are the Desperate Housewives? Oh, you don't know about the Desperate Housewives? No. They're only the hottest American TV show at the moment. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. I haven't seen them, but uh, they uh, have won lots of awards, and it's kind of a cutting-edge black Mm -hmm. comedy, apparently. Ooh. Yeah, and it's coming to Japan on September 28th, which I believe is a Wednesday, at 10 p.m. on BS2. Okay, so So you have to have the BS channels. Right, you you got to have those BS channels. <laughs> <laughs> Be sure to pay your NHK man. Don't forget the NHK. Yeah, give him a little tip. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, since you have a TV alert, then I have a radio alert Go. for our listeners. Yep. Uh, this is in from a guy named Yessi in Tokyo. And um, he does a program called um, Asia Today. It's a foreign student channel, actually, on Radio Nikkei. Mm-hmm. Uh, airs every Friday. And um, recently they were in the Asahi Shimbun in the Japanese newspaper talking about uh, the radio show. Mm-hmm. And uh, this time they apparently were talking about uh, international students who come to Japan and the the cultural differences. And they were talking about Ishin Denshin ah. this last time. Do you know Ishin Denshin? No, I don't. Well, this is apparently it's uniquely Japanese because uh, one of the Chinese uh, uh, international students... Uh, said that she wasn't really aware of it and that they don't have this in China either. Um, But basically, it's the feeling that two people get to know each other so well that they no longer need verbal communication. Ah, like a married couple. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah, and that (laughs) after a while you just get to know what that person wants at certain times and you can anticipate Uh their desires. Right. Hmm. Well, that's kind of how a married couple operates, except the wife always assumes that this is in place and that the husband knows what she wants at all times which leads to the ridiculous uh, occurrences when when the man does something and the wife becomes angry mm-hmm. and the man has the husband has no idea why she's angry mm-hmm. and she refuses to tell him why she's angry well this sounds like anti ishindenshin I'm speaking from personal experience so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get it now right yeah, okay. well obviously your girlfriend isn't Japanese and neither are you. You wouldn't have those problems otherwise, eh? I suppose so. There you go. Yeah. But anyway, if you've got some time, uh, listen to uh, Radio Nikkei every Friday. Mm-hmm. And the international uh, foreign students will come up with some interesting topics every week. Thank okay. you, Yessi. Yeah, that's cool. That's a, it sounds like an interesting show. Yeah. The kind of a foreigner's view of life in Japan. Mm, it, well, apparently the theme changes each week, so... Oh, okay. Yeah. So okay. we'll see what they've got for... Yeah, the next week. Now, we, uh, speaking of feedback, we found a letter, not to us, but a letter to the editor in the newspaper. Mm-hmm, in Japan Times. In Japan Times. It was, related, it was related to our ongoing discussion of Kancho. Right. Yes, Kancho is the Japanese phenomenon of small children attacking grown children from behind. Or and teachers. I guess grown children would be adults in this case. <laughs> <laughs> right. Doug, for, for example. <laughs> yeah, me, for example. Uh, approaching them from behind uh, with hands firmly clasped and then uh, attacking the the buttocks region. Oh, how anal. It is kind of anal, yeah. Yeah, this is really not a very attractive thing that these students do. We wonder how they get away with it, but they seem to do it uh, everywhere. We've gotten lots of uh, people that have written in and said, hey, you know, I've had this happen to me too, so this is not an urban legend. Exactly. I thought it was just something that happened in my school, but now I'm hearing it from all... All right, right. Well, 
At any rate, this uh, letter to the editor, this guy's quite a good writer, he says, on a daily basis, he's a teacher, on mm -hmm. a daily basis, the kids are either busy trying to crank me in the junk <laughs> <laughs> or making valiant uh. attempts to shove their fingers in a rather private area. Right. I didn't sign up to teach in this country expecting to have to wear an athletic supporter while shuffling down the hallways with my back against the wall. Uh-huh. Not a day goes by that I don't consider beating at least one of these kids like a rented mule. <laughs> now, that's related to another occurrence of a teacher smacking a kid on the head. Right. Or? This was actually a response to an ongoing uh, kind of debate about smacking students uh, on the head right. in Japan um, or the practice of doing it. Mm -hmm. And uh, apparently there actually have been some severe cases where a teacher has hit a child too hard mm. and has, you know, given him a you know, concussion or whatever. Yeah. Now, I've seen this happen in the public schools, and I've seen it happen. It happens just as much outside of schools by adults, and they're not hitting the students on the head because they're acting up. Mm -hmm. It's actually kind of like, like, you know what it's like? It's like a punch in the arm, you know, hey, buddy. Mm -hmm. And so if they're being amused by a student... Or whatever, they'll just like go and it's like a strong tap on the head. It's like a love tap. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but it's definitely it's not like hitting a student on the head. Right. It's, it's not that hard usually. Right. Right. So um, I'm not really sure what the you know everyone's getting extremely upset about this, but I think that it's because they haven't really seen it in action. It's actually a term of endearment, you know. If the teacher it means he's recognizing you and hey, you know, mm. isn't that funny? And just like a punch in the arm. Okay. But a punch in the arm can hurt too, right? But if the student falls onto the floor after being tapped on <laughs> the head, it's probably just gone a little too far. Yeah, I'd say so. But this guy's coming to the defense of the teacher. Right? Yeah, he was yeah. saying, these kids need to need some discipline. Yeah, they need saying. to be smacked around a little bit. Mm-hmm, that's <laughs> right, yeah. Okay, I can relate. Speaking of discipline. Yes. How would you like to be extradited from a country because you weren't in the mood for sex? Well, like it hasn't happened to me already? <laughs> what, are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> this did actually happen huh. to a panda bear. Oh, no. At the Ueno Zoo. But they're so cute. Yeah. Well, you know, we've always wondered why they're an endangered species. Well, basically, it's because they don't have sex. Anyway, they yeah, sent... Yeah, that, that, that would do it. This, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So they sent Shuang Shuang, a female giant panda. What's his name? Shuang Shuang? Her name. Her name is... Shuang Shuang. Shuang? Shuang. Shuang. Shuang Shuang. Yep. Like swan song. Uh-huh. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> Got your animals mixed up there, I think. So they sent her from Mexico uh -huh. on loan for a year. And uh, she was supposed to, you know, have some fun with her, you know, fellow panda mm -hmm. and uh, produce offspring. Well, after one year, nothing had happened. So they extended her contract. I imagine she went to immigration and said, hey, mm -hmm. I need one more right. year of sex leave. <laughs> so um, she stayed another year and she still, there is no interest between either of them. So both of them. Neither of them were interested. Well, that's right. And um, it's increasingly, you know, hard for Xuan Xuan because apparently the females are in heat for only a few days a year. Uh. So really there's, you know, the odds here aren't that great. So she has been sent back home to Mexico. But I don't know. Did they really try to set the mood to really give, give them a chance? You know, did they have a little candlelight dinner for him or anything like that? 
<laughs> um, I didn't ask, um, but I imagine they would have tried almost everything after taking the trouble to bring her all the way over here, extending yeah. her visa, you know. And you know how hard it is to get a visa in Japan. Exactly. It's not, you know, it's good. You got to have a full time job to get a visa. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, that's funny because I always thought pandas were horny little devils. Mm. I always had that impression of them for some reason. Yeah, I don't. I well, guess not. Well, no, no. That's why no. they're endangered. Yeah. That's a sad story. Mm. I'm so getting kind of choked up. Yeah. <laughs> Another <laughs> business idea for. Uh, for our friend in Montreal. That's right. You know, maybe he could uh, artificial insemination or something of pandas or something mm -hmm. like that. No, yeah. yeah. that's an, that's not a bad idea. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, Amy, I know you have a pickup truck Mo with Ohio license plates. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That you cruise around in, in the on the island. Cruise, uh, yeah, cruise around the island. Yeah. yeah. You don't take in it off the island. No, I don't. Okay, but I have a question for you. If you were driving your pickup around and you ran over like uh, a group of 20 school children <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> whose fault would that be well 20 school children it would almost have to be their fault wouldn't it probably yeah yeah you would think what were they thinking just you know out on the playground like that they have <laughs> to expect that a, right. a pickup is going to come charging through the playground they'd probably say well we thought it was a cow yeah because my pickup truck looks oh. like a cow well, there you go obviously then it would be their fault Oh, surely. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, but not in Japan. Oh, it would be the cow's fault in Japan. <laughs> Stop with the cow. In well, Japan, it would be the driver's fault. No ah. matter no matter what the circumstances are. So even a if a cow's driving, it's still the driver's fault. Even if the cow's right. driving. Okay. Yeah. And why would this be? That's just the way they think is fair because and really when you stop to think about it, it really is the responsibility, I think of a motorist to take care of people on bicycles, people who are walking, and so forth. Mm -hmm. More so than, I mean, sure, if you're walking on a bike, you have to be careful. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the guy in a car has a big advantage. He's got a big two-ton two -ton machine, you know. Mm -hmm. I r I, you would think, really, it's mostly his responsibility. I guess in the U.S., the, the, the situation or the circumstances are considered before assessing blame in a situation like that. Right. I remember right. an instance at home in the States when an international student was hit by a car on campus. Mm -hmm. And actually they said he didn't have much of a case because, I mean, he, even though it was apparently the driver's fault, they said he didn't have much of a case because he actually wasn't walking in the pedestrian walkway. He was outside of it. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So there are, I think, many things taken into consideration. Yeah, but if that same thing happened in Japan, the motorist would be assessed all the blame. 100%. I see. Wow. So, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about that. Yeah, well, I'll be a lot more careful driving around the island now. You know, I haven't driven a car in 15 years. Oh, really? You don't drive? Not in Japan. Mm -hmm. I drive when I go home. That's the first yeah. thing I do. I get a rental car, and I just, it's like, it's, uh, that's the... Really, the best reason to go home <laughs> to is drive. to be able to drive a car. Hey, why not? Eat Mexican food. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, I've uh, I, I've missed it at first, but I've really gotten used to it. And the transportation system here is such that you really don't need a car. Right. Yeah, it's one of the nice things about being in Japan. Actually, yeah. is no matter where you are, you don't need a car. Mm -hmm. Even out in the countryside, there are just trains go everywhere. The bus buses are great. Yeah. Really good. And the long-distance buses as well. It's amazing. And really, you know, riding my bicycle every day is the reason why 
I'm in tip-top shape. I've got this buff <laughs> body, and you know oh, that's is the that reason why? why. Yeah. Oh wow, mm-hmm. great! Sure. Glad to hear it. Yeah. yeah. So, is it time for cow tales? I suppose we could do a cow tale. Great, because I have a cow tale about a cow who uh, wouldn't take the bus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he wanted to get 90 kilometers away, and what did he do? I give up. He took the river instead. He just went down the river. He did. And um, actually, this is kind of a sad story, but also a happy one. This is not a new story. This happened seven years ago in Okayama. Right here in Okayama. Yep. It's and a it homegrown cowtail. <laughs> homegrown cowtail. Okay. And it was uh, sent in by Tai. Oh, about Tai. Onsen, sure. the, tai the Tai that lives here in Okayama. That's right. Right. And uh, he sent in this link, and it's about Genki-kun, who is a cow. <laughs> Genki-kun. <laughs> He's a Genki cow. Well, he really is because he's the only cow out of 20 in the herd Mm -hmm. that survived the trip down the river. And what happened is uh, a big typhoon came, and it it swept the cow 90 kilometers down the river from Tsuyama to Ushimado. Mm -hmm. Now, if you know the kanji for Ushimado, it's no surprise that he ended up there because the kanji means cow window cow window. Isn't that cute? That is cute. So he ended up there. And uh, they've got, <laughs> this website's great. It's got the whole route on it. <laughs> it shows you exactly where he passed and where he went and the, the Yoshikawa River. And um, there's a picture of him too. He's not a big cow. Well, at that time he was, he was younger, so <laughs> maybe he's grown up by then and ended up on a few plates or something. but Well, you would think if you go through this kind of trauma that you would be spared the additional trauma of being slaughtered and eaten. Yeah, I, I mean, he was quite a celebrity. I mean, it looks like, you know, it looks like people are coming out to see him and congratulate him and mm-hmm. everything. So maybe he's still around. I'll have to check it out. Um, he would be found at the Ishioka Bokujo, the Ishioka uh, farm. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So. so the legend of Genki-kun lives on. Yeah, I'll try to find out if he's still still around, and maybe I can go and interview him. We could have him on the show. Yeah, that would be great. That would be fun. I'll, I'll try to arrange yeah. that. Okay. okay. Mm. Uh, Amy, last week, as you recall, we talked about the porno bus stops, where you oh, could yeah. enjoy porno while waiting for the bus. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is always, always nice. And I think uh, that idea is maybe catching on in other countries as well. Oh. Yeah, I'm getting emails now from people around the world saying, how can we start up our own porno bus stop? Oh, well, here's another idea for <laughs> that guy in Montreal, the porno bus stop. The porno bus stop. Yeah, but I hear yeah. that there's an even juicier kind of bus stop nowadays. Oh, you wouldn't be by any chance talking about the yeah. fruit bus stops. Yes. These I've are great. And this, uh, we were alerted to these mm-hmm. by uh, J- Japundit our author friends, Dan Bloom. Our friends yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dan Bloom found these... Uh, fruit bus stops. It's like a, a big, huge watermelon. Mm-hmm. And then you sit in the watermelon and wait for the bus. You sit inside the watermelon. Yeah. Or the what are the other? Strawberries and... Right, tomato. tomato There's a tomato uh-huh. one. Yeah. There's a whole series of fruit bus stops. Yeah. And, and Dan went as far as sending this picture to uh, the guy who writes Zippy the Pinhead comic strip. Oh, my God, Zippy the Pinhead my, from my college days. Yeah, he appears in over wow. 500 newspapers. He's a wacky guy. Yeah, and if you go to Zippy's website, kind which of we'll a put pinhead, on... though. Zippy is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if you go to the Zippy website, which we'll put on the blog, 
uh, you can see uh, the it's an American comic strip, and mm-hmm. you can see it. And apparently, um, the artist has decided to use Dan Bloom's picture that he found, and he's going to use one of the bus stops in one of his comic strips. And it was supposed to come out on September nineteenth, I think. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's exciting. I guess uh, the creator of Zippy has a thing for roadside attractions. He loves to take pictures and then write about these goofy roadside attractions in the U.S. for the most part. Right. And incorporate them into the comic. Yeah, and he also does things occasionally about Japan and Taiwan. So, look for that. Um, Oh, by the way, I'm wondering if there's kind of a a fruity aroma within these bus stops. Mm. That would be a great idea. And I'll bet it's not being done. Another business idea for our Montreal man. That's right. And you know what? I have one more business idea for him. What's that? Did you hear about the uh, geek discounts they're offering at theaters? No. What is that? Well, one theater anyway. Yeah. They um, have offered a discount to people who say, come up to the ticket box and say, I'm a geek. (laughs) And it was for the promotion for this movie. It's called uh, Densho Toko, which is Train Man. And it's mm-hmm. kind of supposed to, you know, appeal to these otaku, yeah. you know, geek you know, type. He could, like, do a geek bus stop. A geek bus stop. Mm-hmm. Only geeks are allowed to use the bus stop? Well, there you could also have the comic books and the games and the animated videos and, and oh, machines. Oh, okay. Because that's what they love. That's what the geeks do in Japan, yeah. Japanese geeks, yeah. So, to get into this movie free, you only have to say, I'm a geek? Right. Mm-hmm. And then the discount is 100 yen for student geeks and 400 yen for adult geeks. Oh, you get a discount. It's not free then. No. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. But, so you don't have to offer any real proof, proof that you're a geek. No. You could be lying. Well, anyone who would go up and say that, I would say, could consider themselves a geek. <laughs> it's time for audio mnemonics. Great. And uh, this week's kanji is the kanji for run, mm-hmm. called hashiru. Hashiru. Yep, in Japanese. And uh, this is a great kanji, easy to remember, because you've got uh, the man's legs on the bottom, and this man is holding a TV antenna. So imagine watching TV, and suddenly on the screen comes George Bush. Oh, my God. And you just want to run for your life. Oh, my God. So you run away, and you take that an- that TV antenna with you. Yeah. And then you have the kanji for hashiru. There you go. There you go. Our politics are showing. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's also often used in uh, the words like to escape, which is daso, uh, and uh, to run away. Thank you very much. This week's audio kanji. Ma. And I did have an announcement. Yes. I wanted to let people know that I have started a blog, and it's in Japanese and English, bilingual blog. Mm-hmm. So those who want to study Japanese can visit, and those who want to study English can visit. And, and it's a very nice blog. I've taken a look it? at it. Yeah. Ah, thanks. It's very informative. Is it? Mm-hmm. It's kind of mooey as well. Getting a lot mm-hmm. of good response from readers. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. People are nice. They stop by, leave some comments, and yeah. So we've, um, we've got a link up on the Planet Japan blog. Oh, thank you. People can click over there. Great. Mm-hmm. And uh, the address is just Amy Chavez, A M Y C H A V E Z dot blogspot dot com. No www. Okay. Just put it in that way, and you go straight to it. And this would probably be a good time to remind listeners that they can reach us at planetjapan05 at yahoo.com. 
or they can leave a message on our blog which can be reached by going to our website at planetjapan.org org for orgasm no, and we right. would like to <laughs> and we would like to say a special arigato to uh, all the people who gave donations we are really really thankful for that yes we really appreciate the people who have sent money to us to help us keep going and and believe me it really helps yeah yeah and so um, let's yeah let's remind people again that uh, if they would like to donate they can just go to the website mm-hmm. actually uh, there's a link there that will explain what's going on it will take them to the blog and then there's a donate button on the blog yeah now and I'm serious about this it you can only give by going to the blog and doing that. If we call you up and say, ore, ore, huh? do not fall for it. No. If we come <laughs> no. to your door and knock on your door. And say, <laughs> and say yeah. we're the NHK man, <laughs> do not believe us. No. no. We, are not, we should remind people we're not charging for, the, for listening to the show. No, absolutely not. It's just a voluntary donation from the, from the heart of the listeners. Yeah. And they receive our eternal gratitude, but they also receive a free ebook. That's right. I am giving away copies, ebook copies of my guidebook to Japan. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay, what else have we got on the menu today? Well, I think we're just about ready to hit the road, Jack. And don't you come back no more, no more, no more, no more. Hit the road, Jack. Don't, don't you come back no more. Boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. I saw the movie, Ray. Oh, yeah? That's oh, Ray, it's that's great, isn't it? Song. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening to Planet Japan. It's been a fun episode. Uh, thank you very much. Please come back next week and visit us again. And, by the way, don't forget to jump on over there to Podcast Alley, where you can cast your vote for Planet Japan and help us become the most popular podcast in the universe. <laughs> yeah, actually, the easiest way is just go to the Planet Japan website, planetjapan.org. You'll find a link there to voting for Planet Japan. Okay. Okay. Thanks, everybody. We'll see, see you, you next, next time. See you next week. Take care. Sayonara. Bye-bye.